0: Welcome to Fright Night. She just goes a little mad sometimes.
1: Wolfman's got noughts!
0: They're coming to get you, Barbara. Whatever you do,
1: don't fall asleep.
0: We have such sights to show you. They're all going to laugh at you! You're listening to the Jersey Cool
2: Hey, everybody. What's up? Hello. And welcome back to another episode with the Jersey Ghouls. That's right. And tonight we're going to be talking
1: about an issue that who knew would bring up this much contention, but we are going to be talking about the films of one Mr. Rob Zombie. (laughs)
0: Robert <laughs> Zombie. I mean, Robert like
1: Mr. Robert Rob- Nathaniel. <laughs> Robert P. Zombie. <laughs> no, wait, he has... Bob what's Zombie. What's his actual name? Hold on, he has a... Bob <laughs> Zombie. <laughs> Robert Zombie. No, he's got... Robert sort of... Bartley Cummings, a.k.a. Rob Zombie. <laughs> I like
2: Robert P. Zombie
1: better. All right, so, t- so tonight we're going to be discussing a few of his films, not his whole canon, because there's just too much at this point, but... We're and looking- also,
0: because I love life, and I don't want to watch that many... <laughs> Shots fired already.
1: <laughs> um, we're talking about House of a Thousand Corpses, The Devil's Rejects, Halloween, and then Thirty One, which is his newest film. Yes.
2: Uh, so let's just jump right in, Jackie. Would you give us a little? We'll start with House of a Thousand Corpses. Um, I'm trying to think how I even how I even synopsis this. Um, have you all seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Okay, so that's that's what this is. Are you saying
1: y'all because you've been watching too many Rob Zombie films and you now speak like a hillbilly? or Uh, I'm just
2: curious. Mayhaps. (laughs) Mayhaps I I do and mayhaps I don't. No. no, So House of a Thousand Corpses, uh, brief synopsis, a group of potential writers are looking for roadside attractions across America and they come across Captain Spalding's Museum of Monsters and... Mayhem, monsters, Mm -hmm. and murders. Yeah, murder. His murder ride. Yeah, it's a murder ride. Murder ride. Chris Hardwick
0: really wants to go on the murder ride. They're,
2: they're, you know, they're super into it. They have a good time. Um, they're driving down the street and they make the fatal mistake of many, many people in horror movies. They pick up a hitchhiker. Yeah. Uh, and the hitchhiker is a trap, and their tire gets blown out. And well, it just so happens that the hitchhiker, oh, my brother has a tow truck. We'll help you out. They get them back to the house, and then they never leave the house because murder. And fun times happen. And that's House Without Thousand. Yeah, those are that's they that's were fair.
0: they were corpses like nine wait, nine hundred and ninety six through nine hundred ninety
2: nine, I guess. I believe so. Yeah, so. I believe so. So yeah, um this movie is boring and you're terrible. And you're it's mind. not a music video, even though it looks like it's <laughs> yeah, a that's music video. True. And I don't like anything about this movie. Okay. That's, that's fair. That, yeah. yeah. I'm, I I will say, I went into this whole Rob, Dombie, Rob Zombie endeavor. I had seen House of a Thousand Corpses a while ago. I had seen The Devil's Rejects a while ago. I had seen Halloween. I had never seen 31. So I was stepping into this not very excited because I didn't remember much, but I knew I was kind of like, eh, on Rob Zombie. Um, I will say, spoiler alert, for me, it got better. At the end. At the end. But yeah, House of a Thousand Corpses was absolute torture to watch. Like it was just, to me it was just, yeah, I was just, I was bored and it was, it's like the weird cuts and Rob Zombie's weird. And it just was like, it's, you want to be a Texas chainsaw massacre homage, but you just come off like a wannabe. I don't, I don't know. Like I, I just, yeah, there was many points where I was just,
0: it's just, he, he tries to incorporate too many things into a movie that has no place for them. I agree. He's too big of a fan of a specific type of horror movie. And he doesn't, I feel like he doesn't think it, those types of like ex- exploitation movies, basically. Like, what was that, She Wolf like of 70s. the SS movie? And yeah, stuff like, like 70s that.
1: Grindhouse. Yeah, like
0: the like Grindhouse that. movies. And like, he totally gets the aesthetic, but like, he tries to like spin it too much and incorporate too much of like you know references to old stuff and it and it becomes really muddled and you don't even know like House of a Thousand Corpses it's not even until like an hour in forty five minutes in before it like starts turning to something else okay and then the last thirty minutes is just them running underground from monsters that come out of nowhere. It's so weird. It's such a weird movie. See,
2: there was like... See, now, Marissa and I had had a conversation a couple days ago about this movie, and she was saying that, you know, the end, like, the last half of the movie wasn't her favorite. Well, for me, it's the opposite, because there was a chunk, probably toward the end, that, like, there was this maybe 20-minute chunk where I kind of started to get into it a little bit, and I'm like, okay, this isn't bad, like... This part is okay, and then the ending happened, and I thought the ending was really stupid and overdone. But like the okay, the whole like her running underground part, and that part I actually liked. Like that part I was I, I was enjoying that part. Like pretty much from the part when they put them in the coffin mm-hmm. and they start lowering it into the right. ground, and then the other girl dressed like a rabbit runs away and ends up getting killed. Like there was that weird chunk in the middle that I was like, okay. Like if this was like a twenty minute short film, I'd be super into this and I'd give it a thumbs up. I, but that was. Really it. That I, and I love Tiny were like the only two things I took away I from do this like movie. That. I
0: can tell you why you like that part because that's when the movie decided it wanted to be scary yeah. because the rest of it is just like it's gross and they do like mean things and tortury things to people but it never really they show you and tell you too much I feel like in every Rob Zombie movie they show and tell too much. They don't leave enough to the imagination. They don't let you kind of like build on your own fears in your head. They're like, no, it's this guy and he does a specific thing. And it's just, I don't know, it takes away from it if you ask me.
1: I, I would argue that there's a decent amount of tension to be had in the early scenes when the four kids are kind of just, like when he's alone in the house with Baby and she's flirting with him and being very sexual and he's kind of rejecting it and being dorky. And, and then like the the one girl who like, you can tell she's uncomfortable with how like flirty baby is. I think there's a, there's a tension to be had in all those mm-hmm. scenes. Like the dinner scene, does the dinner scene well? I think when they first see Grandpa, then Tidy, and then Otis, and then the baby, and like the unborn fetus, like that shit like gets me. I think that he does a good job of building that tension and making you feel like you're sitting at that table. And and the, he does a good job of having his characters like shirk the the trope stereotypes. And what I'm going to say in regards to, to you guys being like kind of annoyed by it being too much. And I agree with you. I think it's too music video-y. I think he tries to do too much. I think he shows too much. I think that's all fair criticisms. But I would also argue this is his first major motion picture. So we have to take it easy on him because like any first time director, he's going to make mistakes. I'm also going to argue that this is coming off of the heels of the shit fest, which was the 1990s. And I'm going to throw the gauntlet down and say, thank fucking God for the splat pack. As much as you know how much I hate Eli Roth, the rest of the directors who are in there, including Rod Zombie, bought back the balls of horror in the early 2000s. And I'm going to throw that down and stick with it. I love that he's going balls to the walls with the violence and the gore and the ick and everything. And I love that he is showing that 70s grainy, grainy, grindy aesthetic again. I'm okay with him stealing from Texas Chainsaw, and there's sh- like the fact that his, the father shows up just to get killed, and that he wears the father. That's fucking cool as hell to me. Like there's some deep dark shit going on, and I think he takes the tropes and the movies he loves, and he takes them to the next level. So he shows his love for the genre, and then shows that he can do something interesting with it. And I like that. And I while I respect what both of you are saying, and I think you're right. I really enjoy this film. I think it's an incredibly clever and apt homage to horror and I think it's the beautiful start of, of an auteur who's going to do good things and then my other big point that I'll make about my defense of this movie is that the character of baby is such an interesting one in the horror canon and here's why the first time I saw this movie I did the same thing that like what what 2003 when we were in college yeah And I I had the same reaction that the one girl has to her where I'm like, ew, she's gross and slutty and it's annoying. But then I rewatched it and I looked a little bit into the history of the song and of Betty Boop culture and all that crazy shit from the fucking 20s and 30s. And I realized that Zombie is playing off of just how fucked up the male gaze at that kind of babyish, overly female ridiculousness is. When she thinks she's pretending to be normal, is mm-hmm. when she acts creepy and, and like ha- talks in a high voice and everything, and I think he does a good job of playing with the idea of like the patriarchy and our gender roles and things like, like she's the wolf in sheep's clothing. Like they put her in white all the time mm-hmm. in this movie. And again, like, it's because she's trying to put on the facade of the purity and the, and she does it so over... Like, I think he's aware of his over-the-topness. I think he uses it as a device to tell the stories. In that scene where she comes out in, like, the makeup and does this really horrifying performance where, like, her mom is cheering her on and then, like, the, the guys in the audience are totally captivated and he switches to a male gaze camera, which... After watching a bunch of 80s slasher flicks, I realized how that's just the norm in the 80s and 70s. Like, we had to watch the male gaze. Everything was from what males wanted to see, which was TNA. And he does that, and then he has her get slut-shamed, and then she still comes out on top, and she's brutal. And I just, I really like how he does the old fuck you to classic Hollywood, because classic Hollywood was really fucked up. And he puts that in there, and I like it. So that's it.
0: Yeah, but do you think that's him, or do you think that's just an extension of him trying to recreate all these movies that were like "fuck you, Hollywood" I don't back think in the '70s? I don't think it's they all, were a all happy the same. accident. They no. were they were all the same way because they were all like out of control. They were worse than this. Yeah,
1: but he's doing this in a self aware time as a tribute to those '70s films. Because don't forget, like looking at the evolution of horror, the '2000s were like the fucking. I, I mean, the '1990s were the "I know what you did last summer"s and all that fucking shitty teen romp shit. That wasn't worth a lick and is not going to hold up. That was,
0: that was like late 90s, though. but
1: And this was 2003. And I think this is the start of a new era of calling back to the 70s and 80s. And my response is, amen, hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> Take away fucking Sarah Michelle Gellar out of the picture. Stop putting Jennifer Love Hewitt in shit. And bring back gore and violence and grainy 70s shit. Because when, at the end of the day, that's the shit that really made a difference in, the, in like the, the movie canon of all time. Nobody's going to give two fucks about I Know What You Did Last Summer in 20, 30, 40 years. I think a film like this will still last.
0: I don't know, though, because no one's talk, No one's talking about those those old, like... The only reason I knew about, like, all that Grindhouse stuff is because my brother had a book when we were growing up called, like, Midnight Movies or something. And it just had rundowns on, like, all these, like, messed up, like like video nasties and stuff like that. So I knew about all that stuff, well, but that's
1: fair. That's not
0: as I couldn't talk about one these movies with anybody because no one would know what I was talking about. And they'd be like cannibal Holocaust. What the fuck you're messed up, dude.
1: But anybody in the film who's in this genre or who writes about or talks about or does anything relating to film would know cannibal Holocaust to hands down. So to me, this is the film geek's film. And proof of the pudding is that Chris Hardwick and Rainn Wilson are in this movie. He knows his audience. We are his audience. Geek Horror and film geeks are, and music geeks are Rob Zombie's audience. And he knows that. And he does he does a good job at playing. I, I take it. And I like it. And I enjoy it.
0: But what was Chris Hardwick back in 2003? He was, he was... the
1: dude from Singled Out.
0: Yeah, <laughs> oh but my he God. was also
1: he was also the advent of geek. Uh, what, what's his fucking website? The Nerdist. The Nerdist.
0: Yeah, but that wasn't until much later. He kind of he kind of like turned stuff around because he had a bad problem with like alcohol and stuff. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I don't know. I like I like. I feel like this movie goes zero to a hundred. Like you're right, you're right. There's scenes, you know, where they're meeting the family, and you're not sure like what turn this is gonna take because. You can't think about the stuff that comes after this. You can't think about Devil's Rejects or or like the later parts of the movie. You don't know like what this is all about and what's going to happen. Maybe that's just lost on me now that I'm so familiar with these characters. Um but yeah, I didn't get anything from that. But you know, the first time I was watching it, sure. But it then it goes to I've turned Rain Wilson into a fish person. <laughs>
1: I like in it. like the I next it's 10 over minutes the top. you're right i know it's over it the top gets,
0: it gets too crazy too quick it does
1: and but i also think again looking from a historical context that there's there was a, a like a way that my soul was clapping at that moment because again the over the top of it all like felt refreshing at that moment to me as as like i remember watching this in 2003 and thinking holy crap i'm really happy right now and i'm i'm thoroughly affected by it like just the, the the backdrop and and i agree again i agree with all your gripes i think they're perfectly legit and i think this movie is definitely not for everybody but i would i don't know i think it's it's a fun little ride if you take it as that
2: my biggest gripe is i think that how do i want to word this how do i want to get mad about this. <laughs> and it's the stupidest thing to get mad over, but it I'm just excited. annoyed me. It annoyed me to no end, is that I I will admit, I don't listen to Rob Zombie's music. That is not my cup of tea. Me neither. Like, I know he has that song, Dragula, because I've listened to a radio before, so I know that song exists. <laughs> um, and watching this movie, <laughs> there's a scene from the Munsters, and Grandpa Munster... Uh, has a drag car in the drag race, and guess what his drag car's name is? Oh, it's the Dragula. Oh, is that the name of your most popular song? I don't know. Maybe that's not his most popular song. That's the song. It's that up I there. Know. It's up it's there. Like but like, really, like, how long have you been waiting to make a movie just to put the scene from the monsters in that has the Dragula, and that's the name of your song? I just I don't know that would just you know what like I get the homage which we will get to in in some of his later movies as well and a few of them are like nice little callbacks and you know yeah okay that's cute chuckle the it's like a little inside thing to the audience I don't know for some reason that just it just really really annoyed me
1: all right so what else do we want to say about House of a Thousand Corpses Um... that you hate it
2: yeah, that it was boring and it makes me mad. You
1: really thought boring? I was bored. Yeah. yeah, I was bored. You guys weren't at all affected by any of the stuff
0: going on.
2: Like I said, there was none of these movies. None of these movies
0: affected me. But this mm. is
2: a thousand percent one of those times where the sequel is better than the, uh, the original. original. Yeah. That's fair. Yep, and I think with that being said, we can we can move ease on right into the Devil's Rejects. To the yeah. Devil's Rejects. I th-
1: uh, Jackie, I think it's so fucking ironic that this is the one you like because this
2: movie is the most disturbing to me <gasps> of all of them. Of the four movies that we watched, The Devil's Rejects is one that I will go back to. I will go back to this movie. Like, oh my I god, really? It oh, oh. I, loved it. I because you know what? It was everything that I didn't like about House of a Thousand Corpses, where. I'm gonna just use Baby and Otis. In House of a Thousand Corpses, Baby and Otis are crazy. They're crazy. They're like cartoonishly cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Like, they're crazy just, you know, I don't know, for the fuck of it. I don't know, They're they're just so over the top crazy. And in The Devil's Rejects, I feel like their characters evolved and now you don't look at them and like, oh, they're crazy, no. Like, now... They feel real. They're psychos. Yeah. And I feel like they honed... They, 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 they tuned down the Looney Tunes kind of crazy to just be fucking scary crazy. Right? Like, and, it's somehow more effective. And you know what? I've said it before, and I will say it again, that a man with a beard... Now that Otis has that beard, <laughs> I'm not saying he's attractive, but I'm just saying, like, I don't know, like... A little easier on the eyes without yeah, the... Yeah, uh, I don't know, like, he's... Albino. He, he just looked so, so much, so much scarier. He honestly looks scarier to me with the full beard than he did when he was in House of a Thousand Corpses. Um, but, yeah, this one, I don't know. Like, I I got super into it. And you know me, always rooting for the villain and normally I'm on the minority, rooting for the villain. But then I feel like in this movie, especially, and we'll get into what happens at the end, rooting rooting for Baby and Otis and Captain Spaulding at the end. I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but I feel like I'm not the only one rooting for the villains in this one. because not of not rooting how, for them. No. Because, well, you're weird. Um, because <laughs> she's, She gives big speeches. Nobody undermines each other. I just
0: think you're weird. <laughs> Weird. I'm weird because I don't like weird. the 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 crazy hear, rapist wait, wait, murderers.
2: Wait, 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 let me then I want you to, to, to go against it because I think it's interesting no, that you both just, feel so me, differently. I feel I don't I can't be alone in this rooting for the villain because your quote unquote hero, Jackie, they do terrible terrible things. Very very. Crazy. There's no heroes
0: in this movie. Well, that's well,
2: the, well, right. That's, that's the
0: whole I point said, of the movie. Quote, There's no unquote, heroes. Hero. False. I yeah. think
1: Charlie the pimp is my hero in this
0: movie. Yes. <laughs> Lando, wait, yes. Uh, Lando Calrissian. Yeah, Lando. No, you know, Lando, you know who he is. You know who he is. He's the He's the guy from no, Dawn of the not. Dead. No, I know.
2: <laughs> yeah, I can't I know he's not actually Lando Calrissian. <laughs> yeah. he's, oh. he he's, oh, he's, he's the Lando in the movie. He's the Lando. Calriss. Okay, okay. I was like, oh, "Jackie, that's not Lando."
0: <laughs> what is um uh who's this super scary looking Mexican guy?
1: Uh Danny Trejo. Danny Tra- 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 I Tra- love that.
0: I love that he uses Danny Trejo in this movie and shows everyone that he's like four feet tall because Danny Trejo in every other movie is shot from like the waist up, like pointing up, so he looks like all wait big minute, and imposing. But, but he's like he's like four eight or but something. Wait a
1: minute, Ken Foray is like six four.
0: I know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the other dude was gigantic too. The the yeah Danny yeah yeah Diego's the partner. like yeah yeah mm-hmm. the guy from Hills the Hills. Of I know
0: bias. that that yeah, made it stand you, out even yeah, more. That's yeah. why I love it. I love it anytime like you 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 pull out a little bit and say, hey, like, there's a lot of movie bullshit. Yeah. You know, I think, I think that's kind of Danny Trejo's, I think he has that in a contract somewhere, like, hey, you gotta make me look taller than he's I in am. The,
1: uh, he's in the <laughs> new one coming out, the new Devils, like, the, the third movie that Rob Zombie's now shooting. Danny Trejo was just, I just caught a picture of Danny Trejo and Rob Zombie
2: on set. House of a Thousand Corpses picks up Essentially it doesn't pick up where we left off but we once again are with the firefly family. Oh, but pretty close to. Yeah. Like yeah. We, I would argue. You know, we don't know I don't know what the time span between the it's two It's probably like 24 be. hours yeah, if yeah. anything because So we are we you know basically the movie begins with the the, the Calvary is coming to get the Firefly family. You know, they are the known killers, you know, the cops have put the pieces together and they're coming to get them. And the whole movie is focusing on Baby and Otis and their their life on the run. Right. With Baby's father. Oh, yes, Captain with baby
1: T'Falden. bob ba- with Baby, baby Bob. Oh I wish it was Baby Bob from <laughs> the I did that Barney show. With, with baby Boba Pop. With a baby bottle pop. <laughs> Those were nasty. Those I never were, liked those them. Those were delicious. I never liked mm. baby mom Nobody genes. liked them. Oh my God, I used to steal those every once in a <laughs> while and chop down <laughs> on them at Hollywood Vid. They can't, they can't sue me because they're like out of business, yeah, right? They don't exist
0: anymore. Yeah, remember that gross cookie dough candy? Oh, that was
1: disgusting. <laughs> I liked
2: it. Did you? I did. Ew. Ew. I never stole ew. that because ew. Of ew. So, anyway, yeah, so the, the movie is focusing on them being on the lamb uh, and, and running away from from the law. The law, the Sheriff Wydell. Yeah. Sheriff Wydell, yes. Who, Who's a scumbag? Yeah, we will get we will get into to that. But uh but yeah, like ten minutes into this movie, I was already like, I like this. Not only do I like it, just because I hate House of a Thousand Corpses so much, I'm just I'm super into this movie. uh you, you get you get E.G. Daly in this movie. Like the moment mm. she came on screen, I was like Tommy Pickles. I was so that so excited. Is,
0: I can't believe you want me, Tommy Pickles, ever. Dottie Over Dottie I know I know Hewitty. i know. Yeah, that's Yeah, that's surprising. That was, you know I
2: could have gone Buttercup but I feel
0: I feel bad for EG Daily because she's always like every, in every movie that she was in out of these ones she was always all like slutted I up know. and stuff I'm she like Dottie no
2: I hope I have her I love body her. when I'm oh her age god, you're not kidding <laughs> my she's god I, say, love I, would, I, would, I love her I love yeah, I was so excited. Um, but yeah, no. As Marissa was saying, this one is really terrible. Like, and pretty much right out the gate, let's get like all gun rapey and, and murdery. Oh. And I don't know. That's I, how I'm
1: shocked that like yeah, you're like this has no. rewatchability. I'm super into this one. I, this I think
2: it's because I just I was so me. disappointed with House of a Thousand Corpses because I wanted it to be so much more, and I wanted it to be this. I wanted it to be the Devil's Rejects. Like, oh, but that's that's the thing. The movie is called The Devil's Rejects. Like w- you have to be so so bad to be rejected by the devil, right? So right. you have to like. And, and religion
1: is an interesting yeah. theme that's played around with in these movies. Can
0: I say something? Yeah. No. I hate <laughs> I hate that they're called the devil's rejects because in the movie it's like the media decided to call them the devil's rejects. I'm like, why would the media call them that?
1: No, the media. I mean, that's fair. I feel like the media always Although, comes up with shitty. Chad
2: brought up a really good point. Wouldn't. The devil's rejects be like on the side of good, because wouldn't the devil reject goodness? So somebody that's it's really really confusing, (laughs)
0: and I feel like it was a name that was just chosen because it sounded cool.
2: It sounds cool. It sounds more more than
0: anything else, and I'm like, oh, that's right. It's Rob Zombie. He chose it because it outwardly it looks and or sounds cooler than any like than it could under any any scrutiny whatsoever. I
1: see. I think that. I really didn't think these these films would stand up to scrutiny and I had to work hard, I'm not gonna lie. And you know, I I spend my days analyzing things for deeper meaning, that's fair, but I and I had to work hard, but I feel like with these movies, it's like, you know, in baseball when they hit they hit it really well and you're like, oh man, that's gonna be a home run, but then it winds up being a fly out, but it's mm-hmm. like right by the fence. Mm-hmm. It's still a good fucking ride, an exciting 30 seconds, but then you're like oh, at the end. And I think that's a fair, like, I think that's a a fair attempt. Like, he takes a lot of risks. And these movies, I think the risks pay off. And then I think, whether by happy accident, as you suggested, Nate, or on purpose, there's some really interesting themes being fucked around with in this one, as in all the other films.
2: And like I said, just my little recap, and like, there's one section that we're going to get to later. But my, my final little recap on this one is that I love the ending. Fucking Freebird. <laughs> Play Freebird. Love. I love the ending of this movie. Can
0: I say something? Why do all of his movies have to be two hours long? Why doesn't he have an editor? Because there's so much shit that could be cut from all of his movies that don't Aww. add anything to it. There is. There is there's, there's so, so many things that don't add any like okay, let's take Devil's Rejects, for instance. That entire 40-minute sequence where they capture the people at the motel, and they're messing with them, they take them out the field. It's so long. It's so long. They do so many things to these people. Like, I don't need to be convinced that they're evil but, after a certain point. But
1: don't you think, like, putting us through the the whole ordeal with them makes it more grueling and seems, like, more just horror like i i just feel like again just like a in the house of a thousand corpses i feel like i'm living through it and it gives me a certain level of horror that i, I rarely get
0: but but here's the thing at the end of the movie you guys are coming around and kind of rooting for I'm the not. anti-heroes I'm, not.
1: I'm I'm saying that there's nobody to root for at the end i'm rooting for the I'm,
0: I'm that just family. seems crazy to me you know like but Sheriff White Dell
1: is so bad
0: like, sure he has to be no he
1: doesn't that's okay so let's just jump into well first jackie you said you had a, a lot of interesting religious uh themes you were going to explore
2: uh yeah okay we can go there i'm um, sorry did you want to go somewhere else no 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 that's fine i didn't know if i didn't know if like just general... i didn't want to jump to yeah, the yeah, ending was, yet cuz like I, like I felt if like you guys it, had general notes I, I, I don't have point to I do, the,
1: like, say, um, I, wanna, I do want to say I do want to give him props on the names because they're all Groucho Marx characters true story um, I also think that this is more of an he, so he homaged 70's Grindhouse with House of a Thousand Corpses and this one he homages Outlaw and, and like Cowboy Westerns and like Bonnie and Clyde style movies and stuff it's a very dark version to me of like the, the lovable Outlaws um, there's about six Manson family quotes in this film too which I only know because I just did a Manson unit with my, with my students. And yes, I think the sympathy for the devil is an important theme. I think Jackie's not wrong in saying that she finds herself attracted to these characters. There's something really built in there that I think a lot of people are going to find. Um, but to me, the other big thing, and we can come back to this, is that this is a really fascinating study on rural classism at its best. Like, I think he is... And he quoted, he calls them the Hellbillies, which I think is clever. And I read an interview where he basically said that this rural America is like the devil we created.
0: He can't actually. Came up with that term a long time ago. He's just referencing his own term that he came up with. But
1: whether he created it now <laughs> or twenty five years ago, it's still his term. It's a clever. He's term. got an album
0: called like Hellbilly. He Lux. does. Yeah, yeah. So, I saw that.
1: But like, I still think it's
0: still his. Like, it's just. Yeah, I know. But I feel like Rob Zombie does everything to sell Rob Zombie. He doesn't have like a point of view. I feel like he just has one thing that he wants to talk about, and he knows a lot of cool things that, you know that would support him or that he could put in place to to kind of like push forth this 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 point of view and that's fine but i see it in every single movie he makes and i'm like i get it like you're like oh well you know it's classism but all of his movies have poor like it's it's always the same thing you know what i mean yeah like it's always like These poor southern boys, like, (laughs) like, like we should feel bad for them. And it's I don't know, I feel like it's it's more the aesthetic than any like big social commentary. I think he just likes that aesthetic because it's built into like his entire persona, which is a persona like that's not Rob Zombie does not exist. Rob Zombie is a character that he created in order to make money just like his brother created Power Man 5000 failed because he didn't go far enough with it. It's it's just, I don't know. It feels like fake. It feels fake to me. It feels like he knows like the buttons to push to like make you like think about like these types of like that aesthetic and make you think about Rob Zombie more and everything seems like in line with like what you think of when you think of Rob Zombie like, I think it's just him building his brand every time he makes a movie. I feel like it's just him building, a brand, building his brand and building on his persona. I don't feel like he has anything to say.
1: My argument to that would be that this movie plays with the theme of classism and race wars and and stereotypes and the dichotomy of the South and the hillbillies versus the North and the, and the, and the Northeast perceptions. And, and it also plays on themes of police brutality and what could be more fucking relevant in our life right now than police brutality issues and issues of classism in America and how it's torn us all apart. So while I respect what you're saying about Rob Zombie loving Rob Zombie, getting back to my point that I was making, these themes hold up and they hold up in, in the idea that we are in a very disillusioned world right now And this film recognizes that, fucking rubs your face in it, and then says, now what? And to me, that's brilliant. So, I mean, I I understand you think he's just selling him. I don't give a fuck if it's a persona or not. I don't care if he goes home and has high tea with the fucking queen. I I think it's brilliant. I think it's so important to our fucking current time right now. Because there's fucking people all over this country protesting police brutality, And Sheriff Wydell is, is us, is our, our, the good guys are the bad guys in America right now. So to me, it's such a perfect fucking tribute to everything that we don't want to admit is going wrong in our world. And when we look at, at the end of the day, we do look at the South that way. And we, and, and so he's playing into this idea that we're all guilty of, of, of being the pawns of the fucking man. And to me, that's really brilliant
0: and very well done in this film. I think that falls apart a bit, though. When, when, <laughs> it's okay, when that, <laughs> that like he, he, that Rob Zombie knows kind of, he knows some shit, but he doesn't know how to make it like cohesive and like comprehensive and and understandable and like put together in a way that it's like this is the message and this actually- is this. It's just something you have to pull from all the crazy shit that he's throwing at you. That's how you get meaning out of a Rob Zombie movie. You're not going to get it from just watching these people be awful. (laughs)
1: That's
0: true. Because you're right. Everyone in this movie is awful. The sheriff is awful. The Firefly family, what's left of them, are super awful. Except for Tiny, who is a giant sweetheart who not only saves his family, but then stays behind so that they can get away, at least for a little while.
1: I know, he really is the only He's, redeeming.
0: Love Tiny. Uh, he did murder that girl at the beginning of the movie.
1: Well, He's all...
0: dragging a girl through the woods at the beginning of the movie, oh, trust, yeah. me. <laughs> yeah, yes. trust me. Yeah, yeah. Trust me. There's a lot of naked vaginas in Rob Zombie movies. <laughs> a lot.
1: There are. Way
0: more vaginas I've ever seen in movies in my entire life. Every single one of these movies had vaginas in them, except for maybe House of a Thousand Corpses.
2: There's a point in the movie where Sheriff Waddell, he he, he wins. He gets the bad guys, but he doesn't arrest them. Well, no, he arrests Mother Firefly, but then he stabs and murders Mother Firefly. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to Captain Spaulding, Otis, and Baby, again, he doesn't arrest them. He basically turns the tables, and he becomes just as bad as they are. He has them tied up. He is torturing them. He is, you know... When he staples the pictures. Yeah, yep. oh my God, when he staples the pictures Riddle. of the victims. Oh, but you know what? Really endearing moment when he goes to do it to Baby and Captain Spaulding, who's our father, starts to be like, no, I was the one that killed her. Give it to me, give it to me. I know, I'm I, sorry. I'm you know really what?
0: Like, Out of all of them, I feel really bad for Captain Spaulding because like, he was definitely clued into everything that was going on, but he was not involved and he's just trying to help them. Stay out of trouble. Yeah, stay out of trouble. And I feel really bad for him because he shows up in like the last 30 minutes and just gets all the shit piled up on him and then dies. (laughs) And it's like, Jesus.
1: Yeah, I agree. There's something sympathetic about him, especially Mm because it feels like he's just taking care of these two. Yeah, he was trying (gasps) to protect his daughter
2: when he was like, no, that was mine. That was my kill. Give it to me. Give it to me. And so anyway, but no. So I started to think about the lines becoming blurred and how the cop is starting to act just like the psychos and whether it's a vigilante act or not, you know, this is beyond vigilantism, vigilantism, Vigilantism. Mm -hmm. Vigilantism. Uh, you know, he, he becomes the psycho and more on more than one occasion, he is evoking God and Jesus. And Mm -hmm. all of a sudden to me, it just kind of brought the thought to my head of he's, he's hiding behind religion And all the things that are out there right now, like, that, you know, they're doing terrible things in the name of the Lord. And the first thing that came to my head is the the Westboro Church. Fuck those motherfuckers. Yeah. Like, you know, you're hiding behind, oh, you know, the righteous. We're doing this for Jesus. I mean, we can go all the way back. Look at the fucking Crusades. Mm -hmm. Wars were fought and people were killed in the name of fucking religion. Quite frankly, it's lovely that people have faith and it's a very nice thought, but you don't even know if it's fucking real or not. So all of these people are just dying or people are fighting against each other or there's just this hate and this this just viscous anger over something that you can't even fucking prove. I don't know. I know I'm kind of getting a little soapboxy, which is kind of outside of my it. I'm so excited. (laughs) Religion for me is personally kind of a hot button thing. I don't know. So, I don't know. Like, that suddenly... And I think that also, because of my own personal beliefs about religion not being real, it fueled my... It fueled the fire for me to be so against Sheriff Wydell. And I think that's why also... just I love these characters. I like the characters, you know? Like I said, I really started to root for them because they really became more of actual fleshed-out characters for me. You got to see a little backstory. You got to find out that you know, Otis, uh, or, oh, not Otis, um, Baby was, you know, Captain Spalding's daughter, and I don't know, I just, I really got into that, and then, you know, with Widell using religion, you know, with the fiery sword of Jesus, he will smite, you know what I mean? Like, it just, it made me root for them- even more and root against Wydell even more because he was using religion as his shield. Like, it's okay that I'm nailing your hands to this chair and I'm setting your house on fire. I'm doing it because you're bad and I'm doing it for Jesus because Jesus is good and I am good. And he, I mean, he even prays that, you know, let me be the hand, the arm of justice. You are the arm of justice. I'm pretty sure that Jesus' arm of justice does not nail people to a chair. Well, isn't his whole shtick that no
1: matter what you do, you're good, you can be forgiven, right? I mean, I'm I'm far from... You know, and I get it, but there's a
2: lot of... I mean, yes, Sheriff Wydell is... You know, he is the law, and these people have broken the law, and that's his job. Also, we learn that The cop that was killed in House of a Thousand Corpses was his brother. So he's avenging the death of his brother. So Mm -hmm. I get that he's got a lot of fuel to his fire.
0: But. See, when I look at it, I don't like blame the religion. I don't look at, at, at it as like, you know, religion, you know, protecting these unhinged people. I feel like that's just the the way it came out in his case. Like, he was going to become a violent psychopath just because of all the things these people have done to his family and the people that he, he's seen that they've hurt and, you know, trying to, like, be the person that's supposed to be in charge of, like, keeping the peace and keeping everyone from murdering each other, basically. I think he just went crazy. They made... They're so crazy, they made him crazy. And since... Uh, you know he's supposed to be a good guy. Like they associated him with religion and all this. Cause
1: I and there is a scene that supports that when mm-hmm. he like starts having visions of the brother and everything. Like I think there's a definite sense that he is he's going crazy. And he's
0: just going unhinged, and that's the way that it that it uh, comes out just because of this this character's specific background.
1: I'm on the fence on that one. Yeah, <laughs> like I just think he's bad, but I don't think he's. Like I, I, I see what both of you are saying. First of all, Jackie It doesn't I love matter it doesn't
0: matter if you live in a hut out in the woods or if you're like, you know, someone in the public eye goes to church every week. Like we're all capable of being monsters. That's
1: very true. That's very true. And I think that You know, like, I like to sit here and be like, oh, you got to do good. You got to do the right thing. Like, Mm -hmm. he's the bad guy. But Jesus Christ, if anybody fucked with my family, I would be him times ten. You know what I mean? Exactly.
0: That's why why when I look at him and, and like, how he turns, like, I kind of still feel bad for him. Even though, like, he's being, like, even though he's, like, torturing them and stuff, I feel like they push this man, like, to, like, to the absolute limits. And then, you know right as he was about to catch them, they get away and they kill even more people in horrible ways. So like, this this dude didn't have a chance.
1: And it does it does make any, like what you both just said makes an interesting statement on this idea of like the police and, and brutality issues. Right now we're seeing this moment where like people are villainizing the people who are out there trying to do good. And I really do see both sides of that too. I have a family of mostly police officers. Mm-hmm. I was a police officer. Like it's hard, but on the other, on the other side, like I see the victims of, the police and then i see i don't know man it's, it's just it's
0: <laughs> well it's because it's like it's a really complex subject it really and, is. and there's no like good guy or bad guy in almost all these cases which
1: is scary though <laughs> like it's that's
0: just like people that are scared and they think the other person's gonna kill them so that everyone's just killing each other <laughs> it makes me
1: sad because I want to live in a world with good guys and bad guys. And know, that the light know, is clear. I and I know that's not reality. That's not rea- yeah, this movie elastic. reminds me of that. Um, anything else about Devil's Rejects?
0: I I think that out of all of these movies, I think that Devil's Rejects is probably the one I enjoyed the most.
1: And you too, right? Oh, absolutely. I just
0: it's hard for me. I, I feel like all of these movies are a mixed bag. And I feel like there's some stuff that works really well. And there's a lot of stuff that just feels like fluff, like extraneous, like not necessary, but it's cool looking or gross or whatever, or aesthetically pleasing and fits like the whole Rob Zombie thing that gets thrown in there too, and it muddles everything. So it's, it's hard for me to like completely like get behind any of these movies, but I think Devil's Rejects is probably the best um, out of these four. I just wish that there wasn't like, it didn't need to be so much like torture and That's rape that, and stuff yeah. like like there can be a certain amount of that but it was like i uh, probably 75% of the movie was just people like torturing and raping each other and i'm like I, it's, like do i really want to watch this for that long like without any story yes. really to like <laughs> like i was longing for like another moment with like diamond dallas page or something the Diamond Cutter. Come on, guys. <laughs> Matt knows what I'm talking about.
1: Um, I think that I, I agree with you guys that this one is probably the best. But for me, it's like if, if you line up all the, the Rob Zombie movies, I'll never pick this one as like a rewatch only because it's like you said, Nate, it's just it's so much. fucked up. And like the deaths are so hard. And like that band is so sweet that you like haven't just enough time to care and feel bad. And, and it's it's hard. I, th- I guess maybe it is the best, but it's definitely to me the hardest to watch.
0: Yeah.
2: No, not for me. I don't know why. And he I also, also yeah, yeah. And I also really, you know what? Like the motivation is there now. I'm gonna have to take a picture of her and put her on my fridge. I want to lose weight, and I want to wear the jeans that Baby wears oh with my all god. the little holes in them, even like on her. Oh 90. my god! I want to wear those jeans.
0: <laughs> somebody get her a belt.
2: No! Oh my, oh my god. god, she's so hot. Her, she's so fucking hot. I, know, I would do dirty things with her. I know, yeah. but
0: her, she's constantly like mooning people. If and you her had pants that body, yeah, I'd down. do the same thing. If Me I had too. Her
2: body, I would be doing this podcast I'm naked. I'm just
0: <laughs> tired of. I'm just tired of looking. I wish you were. Well, listen, worked. it's just like overload when you watch a Rob Zombie movie of naked girls and violence. It, it's and an that's overload. not like a
1: good thing. Like
2: I'm, I'm not, into
0: it. Not really. It needs to be like tempered out. It needs to be. It you needs know to be moderated.
2: I mean, keep in mind we watched. Four Rob Zombie <laughs> movies back I watched, to back to back
0: to back. I watched three of them over two nights. I know yeah. that so I was I'm just like, I, uh, by the Sorry. end, I'm like, fuck, enough, I'm done, I'm yeah, but done. Yeah, Moon Zombie's so hot. Yeah, you don't think she she's doesn't do
1: it for you?
0: She's, I don't know, because in every single movie that she's in, she plays a weirdo, and she's always like, she's the worst actress. She stumbles over all of her lines. They always seem like I'm not a real person, but this is the lines I'm supposed to read. <laughs> Like every single time, it's the worst in thirty one because she's supposed to be a normal person, or at least semi normal. Party. Yeah, but she's still semi normal. She's she not like she's a not time. a crazy person like in Doubles Rejects and House of a Thousand Corpses. So like, it's just I don't know, man. And she doesn't even want to be an actor. She doesn't. Really? No, she's been off. If you go on our IMDb db page, she's like, "I only do this stuff because Rob asked me to do it. I don't want to be an actor. Other people have asked me to be in movies, and I turn them down because I don't like it. I don't want to do it." But, but so like, now she's I feel bad like, about it. But like, I I think that they met. I see. I don't want to jump to conclusions, but I have a, I have the feeling that she was the model. Just for their first album, and he hit on her, and she's like a little rock band, and she's stuck together with him and, they, and they're cute, and that, that's great, and everything. But I feel like, you know, he's putting it on a pedestal. <laughs> like Rob Zombie's lifting up I would a too. <laughs> yeah. Dude, if
2: that was lie. my hot wife, I'd yeah, be like, hey, t- I gotta be hey everybody, this is my hot wife. Yeah, yeah but if my hot wife. You ho- see her naked? This is what I get to do. Yeah, but you if know? my
0: if my hot wa- wife did line reads, like, <laughs> if we were doing, like, you know, a run-through and doing line her. reads, I would have been like, uh, well, maybe we'll get something else. someone else. Well, it's not him in the movie. <laughs> there know, is something because, sweet. Jackie, no, I love that you brought I, that up.
1: That's true. There's something insanely no, sweet there about is, that. No, there is
0: something really insanely sweet about the fact that he puts her in every movie, and she's always, like, an angelic force, or, like, like even, like, the smallest amount of goodness is usually coming from her. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. It's weird.
0: It's super weird. Since
1: we're almost done talking about the fireflies, if you had to get killed by one of them, which would you choose and why? I I'd choose. I I'd choose baby, just because at least I get to look at that butt while I get killed. Right, right. Because right? she's the good-looking go. one of all the. I tank.
0: would. I would do. Hmm, tiny. Tiny, probably yeah, because no, he would, would just. Yeah. Tiny would just like snap your neck. Cause, I, yeah, because I like, it's like.
2: For you, I feel like he'd
0: get weird with a girl.
2: Yeah, I feel maybe. like he w-
0: maybe you touch your boobs.
2: Yeah, uh. I feel like he's gonna. It's like a Lenny from a Mice of Men. Like I feel like Tiny's gonna hug me just a little too tight <laughs> and accidentally like crush my spine and like esophagus and then I go. And then after I'm dead, probably do some really weird things with my body, but I'll be dead at the dead, so. so it's okay. And I love Tiny so. <laughs>
1: Seriously, I yeah. love that you just made it up by better reference. You just made the English teacher me so very happy. Because they say, who needs that book, right? And I'm like, we do. We, we all do. do. We all do. We all need Lenny well, in our lives. what makes me
2: sad, too, is I also know uh, that actor, Matthew McGorry, who played Tiny. He was also in Big Fish.
0: Oh, that's a yeah. Jackie movie. Mm. That's a Jackie cry yeah. cry oh. movie. I mean, it's a good movie.
2: I don't that, remember much oh about it, Oh, my God. It, okay, talk. you know what? Talk about a cry movie. That book, I read that book a couple years before the movie had come out, and, because, okay, a little nerd alert, I had read that Tim Burton was going to start filming a movie called Big Fish. And I was like, oh, it's based on a book, let me read it. So I, like, because I knew he was going to be filming it, I read it way ahead of time. And that is the first book that has ever, like, elicited that kind of emotion. I was sobbing reading that book, and that has never happened. You know what's
0: funny? That's totally what the Scott Pilgrim situation was for me. I oh, found no. I found out that Edgar Wright was making a Scott Pilgrim movie. I'm like, it's based on a comic. I never heard of this shit. I looked it up. It was like, oh, it's too close to home, all of it. <laughs> <laughs> but also, they're talking about River City Ransom offshoot games, like Crashing the Boys and stuff like that. And Clash of Demon Head? Clash of Demon Head was my secret Nintendo game from when I was a kid. It was my secret game. That I was like, this game's awesome and no one knows about it. <laughs> so when I saw that get referenced in something, I'm like, holy fuck. Someone else knows what Clash at Demon Head is. Blew my mind. Blew yeah. my mind. Oh See, so you don't okay. know. No oh one knows. God. It's so oh weird.
2: Going from the Scott Pilgrim comic book to the Scott Pilgrim movie, the song that Clash at Demon Head sings, yes. I will admit, that is a song that I will put on all the time in my car. And I sing it like I... I'm on stage singing that song. Yes. I love that song. Just, I know. You gave me the you, CD.
0: Do you Aww. just go listen to Metric?
2: No, I know. You gave me the, you burned the their CD. The Metric CD? Yes, you burned oh, okay. their CD for me. Okay, good. Yeah, David, no, it's okay, the, baby. It's you got it's it. So we hope you guys have enjoyed, uh, p- we'll call it part one of yeah. our of our Rob Zombie episodes where we've talked about House of a Thousand Corpses and The Devil's Reject. So two I think there's more than one reject. Yes. Oh, that's right. Devil's <laughs> Rejects. There's several rejects. There's three because they're, they're my favorites, right? <laughs> they're my homies. Uh, So yeah, so um, next time we are going to discuss 31 and Rob Zombie's remake of Halloween, and we'll see how well that goes. So don't forget to check us out on social media. (laughs) Just search Jersey Ghouls, and you can find us on Facebook, on Twitter, and on YouTube. You can find our podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud, and you can always find our blog and our podcast on our website, JerseyGhouls.com. I right, say goodbye. <gasps> goodbye.
1: You're listening to the Geekscape Network.